right now as far as like a completed thing that has a test like a track record yeah. is about the only bullpup that i think is really truly worth owning you know i'm and, inclined to agree with that and like for example i've seen the the tavors like you know shit their guts out the back of the gun uh as a like rental a gun moa gun too yeah they're and they're just they heat up weird they're i i i'm very biased against them because of Guys, all I, our credit scores just dropped like a fucking rock. I really, well, like, I really wish you wouldn't shit on the divorce so hard publicly. I, it, I don't know. It's like people are like, oh, the Israelis have been at war for you know so and so and so. It's like the gun doesn't have to stay together that long when you're shooting kids throwing rocks at you. Like. <laughs> <laughs> A playground. The the five MOA doesn't matter that much. <laughs> oh fuck! You're listening to the Art and More podcast with your hosts Nathan and Br. Nathan is a Canadian illustrator with a couple years of military experience, and Br is a British anarchist that moved to the states. Both are passionate shooters and community builders. Together, they run the Seaburn Art Page. Enjoy the show. It's all behind us now. Only good things. Only good thing. No, no, one bad thing. One bad thing. Okay, so I, I have... All bad things. Yes. Oh, okay, a few bad things. Just, this is a positivity episode. Everything's going to be positive because we're all doom and gloom about how gay and retarded everything is all the time. So, But I am going to complain once. Just once. I have... A, the, a friend who I've brought up on the show before, like he's he's a Canadian. He was tangentially into guns, but not you know the same way I or some of the people listening to this or you or anyone are. But occasionally he'll he'll message being like, "Hey Nathan, is this a good deal?" Um, and he'll he'll send uh like a Jimenez or Jimenez pistol that someone's trying to sell him for triple retail. Um, and I I guess he just got tired of me saying like, "No, don't do that." Because he, he went and he, he paid $500 for, I think it was an American Tactical Omni. It's a, an AR with a plastic upper receiver, a plastic lower receiver. And like they, they retail about 350 bucks, so he overpaid by about $150. Um, and he, he sends me a, a video being like, Nathan, how do I fix this? And the barrel had come <laughs> loose. Like the barrel nut had walked off. Um, you and, don't. And you throw it in the trash and you move on with your life. Lesson learned. You throw it in the fucking trash. You throw it in the trash. <laughs> Just like spend two hundred dollars on a PSA opera. I don't give a shit. Like, sir, that is a murder weapon. It's not meant yeah. to be repaired. It's meant to be used and then disposed of. A hundred percent. He had a hundred rounds through that thing and the barrel walked off. It's like you. <laughs> you are going to die. That that is no longer a gun. That is a bomb. And like, Just shoot it, bro. I believe. I believe. <laughs> Just send it, brother. <laughs> and there's a plastic upper, like all of those, those like that fucking glass infused polymer. If it's if it's not just like the same stuff Hot Wheels are made out of or whatever, <laughs> it's going straight into his fucking face if that thing goes. Just shoot it, bro. I believe. <laughs> I believe. Just every, every single time I pulled the trigger, I'd be like, Crisis Lord, bang! Crisis Lord, <laughs> just, just really hedge my bets. 
Uh, but anyway, before we get any deeper <laughs> in today's... We actually uh, introduce our guest again. Yeah, coming back. Whatever this is going to be, Colin Underdahl, uh, joining us again for the first time since episode 48. So uh, thank you for coming on and uh, welcome to the show once again, my friend. Yeah, thanks for <clears throat> thanks for having me. Uh, I can tell you, I can tell you straight up that I know exactly what gun you're talking about because I have a similar story. When I worked behind the counter, <clears throat> a guy had inherited or uh, something uh, one of those carbon fifteens, which is like yeah. essentially the same thing as the Omni. Uh, it's a really poorly made polymer that somehow can pass as a upper receiver and the thing was made in like the early 2000s like i'm talking about like this is like when magpul was probably just starting and uh like when palmer was just getting to the point where it was like trustable mm -hmm. uh in the sense of like magazines not trustable in guns um and he's like, I want to replace the handrail on this, and I want to like kit it out. And I'm like, why, please? Like, this is a, this was a three hundred dollar gun, like in two thousand five. Like, this is not <laughs> worth doing to it. Like, you're better off just keeping it as is and just like kind of looking at it as a relic. Like, you could literally pay the same price you're gonna pay to put a handrail on it like a real handrail and knock off the fixed front uh fixed front sight post but no and like then uh i turned it down for service and he was a little mad but i did him a favor yeah and that's, he didn't understand, that's a, but <laughs> that's the positive part of that story i did him a favor by telling him no i get i did him the best favor which was he does not have to you know say a prayer every time he shoots the gun <laughs> yeah god was it a plastic opera as well yeah it was a full it was a full palmer thing uh god, just like you were describing I, I, you gotta I love it too because you can like flex them i i hate i hate that like i don't know the the psi that that opera is supposed to contain but i i'm not going to be one of those like oh like you know the uh plastic guns are for pussies and they're they're just going to fall apart and you know every, everyone here uses glocks and pdps yeah they're, yes, they're here old enough. uh those tupperware guns but it's like the the explosion bearing pressure bearing part of a gun probably shouldn't be made out of the same thing as barbies <laughs> yeah well that's that's the difference is like the the containment of the actual you know expansion of gases is in metal parts it's not like yeah okay in that you have a metal barrel and the lockup of the the uh bolt face but like other than that dude like could you imagine if you accidentally slipped a 300 blackout and that like that's gonna contain no pressure yeah that's you're gonna you're, you and you're, the guy behind you you're gonna find some polymer like yeah. in your eyes real fast <laughs> oh my god yeah no that i i just don't but like coming here and this is just going to be me and it's going to be being mean and we we said we are going to be not doom and gloom we well, are i love it, you i'm, you, I'm going to go with this? more <laughs> complaining um, isn't necessarily doom and gloom doom and gloom's like we're gonna be eating bugs in a few years and fighting our way out of prison camps 
you know, like so, just just not giving people confirmation bias on life preserving equipment that isn't going to hold up to the standard. That's not doom and gloom. That's just big brother shit. shit. Yes. Okay. You will well, eat the bugs if you carry that type of stuff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> if that's your choice, you will eat the bugs. Oh, you excuse me. Bugs. If you buy an Omni Seven, or no, no, that's that's a night vision tube. If you buy an Omni plastic AR, and that you overpaid by one hundred fifty dollars for, you will eat the bugs. Um, bugs. But I have found that is like a lot of gun culture here. I I feel like in our and and everywhere i don't want to say here but we we're kind of within the internet like niche microcosm where it does seem like everyone's and uh, i i appreciate the fact that like culture is driving culture and you know it it is a a positive trajectory of people getting kit you know final learning how to use the rifles taking classes you know doing doing field craft all of these things but that doesn't change the fact that your average owner probably has a plastic AR with a sight mark on it, if anything. Um, and he has like 60 rounds through it. I'll, I'll defend them a little bit. Most of them don't have a polymer gun. But yes, yes, yeah. Sure. Uh, I mean, yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, I I have autism, so like, you know... <laughs> I, it's, I, it's like it's different and when you get into it so deeply it's just like anything else like for example when i was at the jeweler picking out my fiance's ring uh, yeah. i got a taste of my own medicine when it comes to like how nuancedly nuanced i am and like guns and kit and whatnot because she's going over all this different stuff that i don't know exists about gold or diamonds or rings or any of that type of stuff and i'm like i now know what it's like to talk to me about guns because you've <laughs> been doing this for like you know your whole life and you i didn't understand a single like word outside of like gold diamond ring <laughs> like oh yeah i know those three things like what the what the hell is the how do i tell that this diamond is the same diamond you know like there's like imperfections in the diamond and i'm going to draw them out for you so you know if you bring this into a random jeweler that you got your diamond back and stuff like that and it's like cool i would have never understood that would have never known that but that's kind of what that's like us talking to what we would consider a normie gun person or a normie a normie non-gun person i guess yeah. or someone who's just getting into it they're like uh what do you mean there's different zeros i thought you just put it where it shoots you know yeah um but yeah no i i don't think the average person has a omni or whatever polymer bendy boy <clears throat> yes but yes i i do agree i think that you're you're right like we have taken that autism to a really weird level we've all taken the rads test and br you failed unfortunately <laughs> wait wait, wait um, colin what, what'd, what'd you get the rats test oh it's oh, the autism not... test oh have you not, have you not done it, <laughs> you not done it? <laughs> no I, uh, unless they did it to me in school oh uh, <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> and once again, we're giving a guest the rads test. It'll, we'll, we'll have to we'll have to uh, bug you about it after the show. But um, effectively, oh fuck, we're getting into the autism test again. God damn it! <laughs> um, 
Well, I said autism. <laughs> so completely different. I, I I keep every periodically. I just remind people that I'm not a normal person, and I think the AUG <laughs> is kind of cool. And my I, friends I like made, dude. My, I, I used my them for the first friends time made me a meme really? <laughs> for it. Well, yeah, that's that's the frog one. That's like resetting the counter of zero days without or zero days with autism. <laughs> Dude, I, I tried one the other week, and it's nice. I really like them. A local guy has one. <laughs> zero days since autism. <laughs> Poor Pepe. It's all right. It happens to the best of us. Yeah. I see. As as you're trash, I can't be a bullpup disrespecter. It's not in my nature. I'm like, no, I see a purpose for this. And, you know, the trigger's a, a little bit mushy, but we can work past it, you know. It's like, it's a nice, I, I mind it's the nice package. No, it's, like, it's all right, considering it's all fucking polymer on the inside. Yeah, no, I, I was genuinely yep. surprised. I, I really liked it. It didn't feel like the Type 97 trigger, like the, the Norinko thing. That thing was like a Nerf gun. Like, it was all pre-travel <laughs> for no reason. And then no wall, it just kind of goes off, and then a like a quarter inch of over travel. That I I fucking hate that gun. I hate that gun. But the AUG actually felt pretty nice. I I I like it. It's like one of the softest shooting guns. Uh, <clears throat> as far as like, I in general, like honestly, it's gassed pretty well. Um, now when you suppress it, it gets a little little much since the unlocking is happening right under your nose but <clears throat> as far as like the durability of it and whatnot it's actually fairly solid and it's honestly not terribly complicated that's the other thing that i think most people think about when they see bullpups they just think it's like super complicated but like no they made that they definitely made it with an army guy involved uh not only that just like a a, a european army guy who probably isn't going to have access to a semi-auto <laughs> rifle outside of the austrian military so um yeah i don't i don't know i think it's cool no, I, 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 dude i pulled yep. a fucking like during some uh, british army training way back in the day i pulled an sa80 from the armory that i hadn't handled previously take it out to the field. I do like my function test. I'm like, yep, everything's good to go. And then we're firing blanks through it. And it's just a single shot. And I'm like, what the fuck? And it, like, we're in the middle of doing like some little mock attack. Bang. And I have to charge it. Bang. I'm like, what the fuck is up with this well, piece of were shit? You, uh, it was shooting blanks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, well, that's was your, the one was problem. Was your attached entirely? Cause I made that yep. mistake. <laughs> no, 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 that was on. It was the, uh, the gas system itself. So I'm going to put it in like facing the wrong way. <laughs> so yeah those, those things have to be made like shit simple and i mean the austrians got a, a hell of a lot better than uh the brits and even uh, the germans trying to fix the brits mistakes yeah like the orc can do no wrong in my book i i'm into it like do you have a nato or a standard like Austrian uh, model? <clears throat> I have, I actually have both stocks. So I bought the NATO and, uh, that was a mistake. <laughs> oh, uh, really? Yeah. I would say, I would say that the, uh, the standard is definitely supreme. I wish I brought it up here. I should have, I should have brought it. Um, cause I knew I was going to make that joke, but, uh, <clears throat> yeah, that was the only thing that I prepared. So you're welcome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the, the standard, 
the standard with the AUG like waffle mags has a bolt release so you have a better manual of arms once you hit bolt lock so instead of so with with the standard uh, which is using the proprietary AUG mags when the bolt locks back it locks back like just like any other AR uh, you do have to strip the mags out of those things since they have the little hook. They don't really free fall. So you hit the paddle, strip the mag, put the new one in, uh, and then you just roll your thumb up to the bolt release, which is right uh, above the mag well, and then go back to shooting. But with the uh, NATO one, you have to do the same process of reloading. So you have to hit the paddle, strip the mag, put the new mag in, but instead of rolling up to hit the bolt release you have to go and uh charge the charging handle back again but it's a non-reciprocating charging handle so there's no like uh spring pressure on it so when you hit it what usually happens is you unlock it from its little detent the gun kind of shifts forward you actually hit the spring tension of the uh guide rod and then or what I think those are guide rods technically. And then that pushes it back, allows the the uh, bolt lock to fall, and then you have to release it and it goes forward and then you can fire again. And yeah, by the time I explain that, it's probably about the same time that you're gonna fiddle your way to getting that done too. So like <laughs> uh like aug reloads are definitely slower than you know what I can get my AR ones, but like yeah with the just just because of the extra little bit of having to strip every time hitting a paddle is a lot more different than hitting a button generally you have the second mag in your hand or you have to you have to go back strip then go grab versus like ar is button grab new mag slap it in so those generally are about like my faster ones are on like the three second ish time frame with the with the standard but the NATO man, like getting towards five, if you can reload a NATO in five, you're pretty, pretty, really? uh, pretty yeah. good, honestly. Just because it's literally just because that charging handle thing. If you didn't have to go reach for the charging handle, this the NATO would definitely be the way in uh, America. But um, I don't know. Hopefully someday they add the bolt release to the to the NATO, and then you don't have to do the whole uh, waffle mag thing, even though they're even vibier in that gun though so um yeah i do really like the aug mags i had an airsoft one back in the day you know you can 3d print augs now i feel like i say this every episode last episode <laughs> I was this at me. yeah yeah um, <laughs> just every single episode you can 3d print that yeah <laughs> I, I know you can 3d print these now <laughs> i like obsessively watch what foscad does because it's really cool and i just i love it i, I just fucking love it um and yeah, no, uh, you can get demilled Malaysian AUG parts kits, and they're they're actually yep. yeah, they're they're from Steyr. <laughs> they're they're made for the Malaysian military, and they just demill them and sell them here. And you just print the uh, the serialized part. Uh, I think you need nylon because it it um it heats up pretty quick. And yeah, Bob's your uncle. <laughs> just like that, Bing Bang Boom. Right out the microwave, you have yourself an AUG. You have yourself an AUG, and it's really cool. They use, I think, it, it, it's a different barrel color. They use, like, 
standard or slightly modified AR barrels or something. But uh, yeah, anyone can own an AUG, and my poor ass kind of wants to make one. But we'll we'll find out. I I do really like them. It, it's scratching a bullpup ish itch that like the Type ninety seven and Tavor both failed to. Uh, part of me wants to get that that Springfield abomination. I never will. Please oh, no. no. Please don't. <laughs> Dude, okay, hear me out. Hear me out. You ever used to play Killzone no. as a kid? <laughs> <laughs> All right, the on- that is like only slightly justifiable is a Killzone LARP, and it's still weird. And I will judge you, dude. Okay, like say what you will, the Hellgast had fucking drip. Well, the the bad guys were always cooler. Like, the bad just... guys were so cool. I wanted to be them more than the. I don't even know what the fucking main character. No, like, like you're just some grubby like pleb. They they had AL eighty five things, and they I don't remember anything about them. But the Hellgast, they fucking vibed. <laughs> like I will bully you if you buy the Springfield. As you, you should. You, I will. You know, <laughs> at, as you should, as you should. I actually have one Springfield. You um, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. You started this by talking about flimsy guns made out of polymer, <laughs> and then you're like, the Springfield may scratch that itch. What? I know, but it just vibes so hard. I don't care. I mean, if it, it looks cool. It. Wanna, Wait, it's about the Hellgas Death Trooper vibe. I yeah. I, so the the Aug is like the one bullpup that i think it right now as far as like a completed thing that has a test like a track record is about the only bullpup that i think is really truly worth owning you know i'm inclined to agree with that and like for example i've seen the the tavors like you know shit their guts out the back of the gun uh as a rental gun moa gun too yeah, they're and they're just they heat up weird. They're I I I'm very biased against them because of guys. All I, our credit scores just dropped like a fucking rock. I really well, like, I really wish you wouldn't shit on the divorce so hard publicly. I I don't know. It's like people are like, oh, the Israelis have been at war for you know so and so and so. It's like the gun doesn't have to stay together that long when you're shooting kids throwing rocks at you. Like, <laughs> Uh, we're already... <laughs> All right, we're at the 21 minute mark. We're already like, made when you're after. playing a, play gr- a playground, the, the 5 MOA doesn't matter that much. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> no, that, the weird thing is, I thought I thought the Tavor was cool. Like, I, I when I came to the States a few times as a, as a kid, I, I would run the Tavor at Rangers just because I, you know. So we're in fucking Call of Duty. I was like, oh, hell yeah. Shot a yeah. few times. I'm like, yeah, this, this is certainly one of the guns of all time. That's the that's the thing about them. You want, you like, the look of them looks pretty good. Like, the, the whole... This is the future. The whole polymerization of the that thing and how it's... It definitely looks like it should be a lot better. But then, <laughs> yeah, you just shoot it. And it's, like, the little quirks are not little quirks. They're actually, like... Yo, this is actually not that good. Like, yeah. And everyone, everyone dumps on like everyone's first dunk on the AUG is like it's got a bad trigger. It's like it doesn't, dude. It... Have you have you shot a broke in one? Because like, you know, then you that's that's where you the like uh, post round count type deal comes in. It's like, 
what round count do you have on the gun? Cause yeah, it's, it's, it's not going to feel the greatest. I mean, it's honestly, it's like the Glock trigger of rifles. It only gets <laughs> yeah. better if you shoot it. It only gets better if you shoot it, no matter how much dry fire you do or anything like that, it's not going to get much better. But once you start shooting the gun, it actually wears into the point where it's supposed to be. I don't remember anything bad about it. And the guy had only had it for, because I, I shot it last weekend. The guy had only had it for a couple months, so it can't have been that broken in. But it felt like it, a decent AR. It's like better well, than it was. It wasn't new or like to be buy off someone. I have no fucking idea. I, it looked pretty new. Like, I don't. I don't want to be like, oh, you know, the spotless brass deflector. Like, I can't fucking tell. I didn't have any. Well, um, they don't come with a de- deflector to begin with, so that's aftermarket. And if oh. you don't put them on, that is the one thing that if you don't put a brass deflector on those, the brass will actually like pop out and start chipping away at the at the polymer in the back. <laughs> so that's kind of silly. It's obviously gonna be fine. Like it's it's thick enough polymer where it's not gonna do anything. But that is where it's like, why can't you just like do something about that? You didn't but, think about where the brass was going to go? Yeah. <laughs> that I did not actually know that. Yeah, the the uh Corvus Defense or Corvus Defensio uh is the is like the primary one you'll see on most people's stuff. I know like uh Arid is making some og parts. They're super oh, I, into I like Arid. Yeah. Uh they got some stuff coming out like uh there's another company i don't know off the top of my head but uh they're making barrels for it like conversion barrels which a 300 blackout aug would be sick because it still keeps that shortness of like 300 blackout gun but like a 16 inch barrel with a suppressor for a 300 blackout like that thing's gonna be quiet dude that that that's making me reconsider the ak route I, I really want like a 300 blackout thing. Just the thing. Thing. Um, thing. Some, something nasty. So, something nasty that fits in a tennis bag. Um, <laughs> just like the, the vibe is cool to me. I unshamelessly want a jackal. I just think they're cool. Oh, the jackals are really neat. They're like the, the ACR we have at home, but probably better. It's like the ACR we could have had. Yeah, <laughs> PSA is making strides. I I appreciate it. That being said, I did see, and I don't know how old this is, um, and th- this is on on Reddit. I uh, I always say whenever I bring up Reddit, I fucking hate Reddit. But um, and, someone and yet you spend up. time there. I like gaffs. Okay, you, I buy all kinds of neat shit there. Fair. Um, so. He had a, a PSA upper that, you know, was failing to feed, failing to anything, w- wouldn't work at all. Um, disassembled the upper, took the handguard off. The uh, the barrel was put in at 90 degrees. Uh, so, you know, that little detent on the top of the barrel that interfaces with, like, part of your upper. So you can't do that. Oh, God. So they, they ignored that. The barrel was, like, 90 degrees. The gas block was still, like, the proper way, but it wasn't interfaced with anything. So it would not go the gun was just absolutely fucked from from the ground up and i don't know if that was like 
PSA QC. I don't know how old this that's was. A, but that's a TGIF a... gun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, time, to, time to get out of here, boys. It ain't <laughs> much, but it's on his work. The guns <laughs> together. I don't know what you want out of me. <laughs> Is this one good to go? Yeah, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Little did they know that that cross-eyedness was going to affect their alignments. <laughs> so that that, that that fucking meme of uh, the mom with like wine and a cigarette. Is it, aren't you worried that's going to affect the baby? Nah. <laughs> nine months later. <laughs> Nine months. Yeah, nine no, nine months bad. later, they get sent the rats test, and the first thing it says is embrace autism. I clicked on that. I clicked on that link, and I, the first thing it said was like a big banner that goes embrace autism. <laughs> like, oh, thanks. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I thought, you know how much money maybe... they would make if they did it like. Patch drop. If they did a, if they did a what? If embrace autism did a patch drop, <laughs> only one niche corner of the internet would be like piling in on that, and it would be a hundred percent. Well, there'd be two. There'd the, be the people who actually like, you know, want to support the cause, and then there'd be the gun world that's doing it for the the memes. <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, God. I uh, ha- have a, a female autistic friend, and she's constantly sending me memes of, like, girls with autism. Um, and it, it's just, you know, like, girls with stimming weird hands. makeup, stimming hands, or, like, one of them's crying and going, I wish I wasn't autistic. Then it goes, boys <laughs> with autism. And it's just, like, a dude with an Elmo mask, like, uh, Meg dumping from the hip. Um, I-, I love it. I-, I fucking love it. Christ. Well, something... To completely change topics, uh, Colin, you, you said you got a you got engaged, right? Yep. Hell yeah! Congrats, man. That's that awesome. A, yeah, how long ago was that? Uh, it was in October, and the, the wedding is in April, so it's been a lot of planning. Oh man, that's like <laughs> I'm I'm uh when you were bringing up the ring a minute ago, I just I just went through the same process uh, for my lady, and I'm like, oh, does she ah, know? Does she listen to this show? Because if so, you're fucked. She, Dude, she does a... occasionally. I'm going oh. to. I'm gonna cross my fingers and hope she, she. She knows it's coming. We've talked about wedding plans for years now, but um, like our planning is, it's gonna be like probably a year and a bit at least after I, you know, pop the question. So to go from October to April, holy shit. Yeah. Well, neither of us really want a long engagement to begin with. Like, yeah. yeah. Are, are you uh, just doing a little ce- celebration, or are you going to, uh, to to like have a ceremony and stuff? Oh, we're going, we're going for the full. Like, we're going have a full Catholic mass. We're gonna have the whole reception with a bunch of people invited. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, it's. It's not getting bigger than I thought it would, but when you start thinking about it from the planning side, you're like, you know, this many people is a lot of people, and like every person starts to add costs. You're like, holy shit! But um, I don't know. I I had a big like I have a big like 
family on my mom's side and I just remember going to like all their weddings when I was younger and like it was fun and you know you get to see a different side of your family and all that stuff and uh selfishly unselfishly like they're coming there for you this time rather than you being there for them so like uh yeah plus um she's from a small town uh both her siblings are already married and you know now they're like oh this is the last hurrah (laughs) (laughs) so um which is fine like her her parents like her and my parents are both helping with us with all this too so it's it's not like it's like this big burden to carry outside of just the like it is in the sense of like the logistics of it um but yeah so it's been fun um it's it's one of those things where it's like you do it and you're like all right cool and then she had already like known uh kind of like a month ahead of time that I was kind of leading up to it. Well, and cause I was like adamant on her getting the specific day off. I was like, you need to have this day off. Like, and, and like, uh, anyone who's listening to this, who's trying to surprise their girl, uh, you should probably, uh, try and build, uh, spontaneousness built up beforehand. So when you are spontaneous, they're not like, like, yo, what's up? (laughs) <laughs> are you yeah. okay yeah 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 we just have to we need to get to that spot up ahead don't mind the guy yeah. with the camera in the ghillie suit it's not important <laughs> I, I promise you this isn't the fbi showing up <laughs> <laughs> I, that, that's my guy but don't don't worry about it <laughs> but yeah so uh just like she had already been kind of like semi-planning you know, and she had been planning her whole life. She's a woman. Like that's kind of what they do. So, yeah. uh, I, I propose. And then she's like hitting me with the, like, what do you want this? What do you want that? What do you want this? What do you want that? And I was like, I want to enjoy the weekend. Like I have all these plans for us this weekend. I don't think we're <laughs> going to figure out the wedding this weekend. I think we're going to go <laughs> to dinner after this. I think we're going to go do this tomorrow. Like, and I think on Sunday we're going to go do this. Like that's all I have planned. <laughs> yeah. Monday we can start thinking about, that <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so, yeah so uh no but it's i mean it's it's fun like it's it's uh you know something that we're we're trying to do it as do it right we're trying to like embrace like uh our values and you know traditions and where we come from and stuff like that so it's like um it's one of those things where it's it's intimidating but it's also fun um the the only downside is is obviously if there's other stuff going on in life it at like it quickly adds up which is yeah. uh what's happened to me like lately it's just like <laughs> all this other stuff is piling up my my truck's kind of clunking that i'm like eh, i don't know what that oh, is no, I hate and that. uh Dude. Called to the exact fucking spot that I have been for the last year. <laughs> my, my truck was like messed up, and I was like, ah, do I fix my truck or do I buy a ring? Yep. Uh, yeah, I need the truck to get to my job to buy the ring. Yeah, I after saving for a long old time, I got both sorted. But my god, dude, it's just when it rains, it pours. 
<laughs> yep. Yeah, and then just like some other personal stuff and whatnot, like all has come up, and it's just like it. <sighs> It's it's funny because I've been all like, dude, I'm Nathan. I'm so glad we pushed this back because yesterday I was pissed off, dude. Like, oh, tell me, tell I would, me. I went to, I went to, well, that was when my truck started clunking, dude. Like, oh, like yesterday, yeah. I'm driving home from the gym and I'm like, I think I need new, uh, control arm or uh, ball bearing or. Uh, ball joints. I think I need new ball joints because I heard like this, like every time I go over a bump, I just hear like this, like touching of metal. I'm like, that's ball joints. And uh, like, it's not that it's terribly expensive. And it's not like I don't know how to do it, but it's also just winter here now. Yeah. yeah. And it's cold and <laughs> I don't have a heated garage. And then like, I know what happens in the cold, like metal is even harder to work on. Uh, so yeah, I started looking at, so yesterday, um, I started looking at my truck and I kind of was inspecting things, making sure like it wasn't the tie rods or anything like that. Um, cause those, that, if that was the case, then, you know, I would have been like, fine, whatever. That's like not hard at all to do, but like ball joints, you have to get a press and you know, all that extra, extra stuff. You probably have to yeah, hammer stuff out. Thing. Minnesota truck, it's going to probably have something rust welded or stripped or whatever. Um, but then I go to take the jack out of out from under my uh, it's under the passenger seat and there's this like thumb screw thing. Right. And I'm like, OK, well, like, that's dumb. This is like stupid tight. Uh, no, the thing. So I found out last night that. Uh, one of the greatest designers ever decided that, yeah, this bolt should be like three, four inches long and it's going to hold down the jack so it doesn't rattle under the seat. But it's also going to go through the bottom of the of the truck cab and be exposed to the elements outside. Are you fucking serious? So it was rusted. And I'm just like, I'm just like, and it's not like I can put a wrench on it and like actually like, go like 90 degrees and like wrench it off. No, it's just like this thumb screw because it's designed to be easy to take out. So I'm sitting there like gently tapping it with a hammer and then it starts to bend. I'm like, that's weird. Like maybe it's almost out. I try wiggling it out. Nope. I had actually snapped the little thing that it was screwed into. And now that bolt is just like, it's just like a piercing between the jack and the bottom of my truck. And dude, I call I felt so bad for Carrie because I called her and I was like, I hate everything. <laughs> <laughs> and she like uh but she's like she's like so happy with everything else and she knows that I've been stressed out about stuff and so it's not like she like it's not like she was mad at me, but I, I just felt bad afterwards because I'm like man i was supposed to record with nathan i you know i i've been putting a lot of like stress on her with like being stressed out about a bunch of other stuff and i'm like man <laughs> that was yeah, one no, more right? thing that was just one never more force, thing dude force. dude like i don't force it if i'm having a bad day and the episode's supposed to come out tomorrow like people can tell if you're if you're forcing it 
that that's yeah. that's a hundred percent true. Uh, Br is looking at me like, no, you you should force it, motherfucker. <laughs> no, make we, it. We happen. have a responsibility to to our uh, our high score rads listeners. Um, <laughs> the people demand content. People no, demand. I, they must consume. <laughs> they consume <laughs> weekly Sunday six p.m. on the dot. Sunday it, six p.m. It's never the dot, late, except for when it is, um, which it is. It's, never. it's sometimes late. Um, when, when there's a when there's a intro on top of the intro of BR going like, "Sorry, fellas, got a little sidetracked this week." <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna he, he's gonna be listening to that part, making sure the audio's good. He's like, oh. <laughs> dude, <laughs> you have no idea. Like, goddamn it, Nathan. Oh, like the the reason I I brought up like the uh, the engagement and all that is I think honestly, for all of the many things that this community stresses over with like prepping and like this is what I need to be investing in, blah blah blah. Like, dude. A good woman will change your life so much more than like a slightly different barrel length or a different camo pen or like whatever. I, I don't know, dude. Uh, going from ten five to eleven five gets you forty percent more dwell <laughs> really time. Changed my life. It really changed things. <laughs> like, 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 guys, guys, we gotta. If if we want this to be like a to have some longevity, people need you need. Like that stability and having a good woman in your life who can kind of like when you're when you're in that stressed out mode, you're just like, fuck, like everything, everything shit. I'm stressed out. I got you just having someone to be like, I need to pull it together and and be decent for them and to have that kind of something like that in your life. It makes such a difference because my God, before I before I met my lady, I was. I was spicy and not in a productive way. It was just kind of like just, just piss, vinegar, and anger in every direction. Nothing productive. And it's like the second you have something, someone to be like, yeah, I need to actually, I need to put this to use somehow. Not, not here, but I will after. Okay. Oh, there was it was cut. Uh, <laughs> what? Well, yeah. So I agree with you because I I was similar the same like similar in ways too. It's like, you know, I got off the I'm I'm hanging up with her and I'm like, yep, I'm just pissed off. I'm gonna go put my uh I'm gonna go put my phone through the wall real quick. Like you know, just kind of joking, but like realistically, like I don't know, maybe before, like I kind of got i i've went through like phases right and there was definitely a phase where like tossing something of value at the wall was not out of the question you know like but yeah and then you're like all right yeah i'm gonna toss my phone through the wall and then like (laughs) you're gonna think about the conversation that would ensue (laughs) afterwards which is uh babe uh i broke my phone uh (laughs) i need to buy a new one uh yeah i'm calling you from my mom's phone uh so <laughs> i'm sorry I got, I got killed too many times in call of duty 
<laughs> okay, that's that. Okay, that's never been the case for me. I, I know. It's I know, more. I know. It's more been like actual life things. But yeah, uh, like you, if we want to stay off doom and gloom, let's let's shit on them a little bit. If you break stuff over a video game, and I understand that sometimes you can get a little hype and maybe like break your mouse clicking a little yeah. hard or like break a key, <laughs> right? Like that's kind of normal. You got into the game, yeah. but like if you're like. Ugh, phone wall <laughs> stop it get some help get some help seek therapy my guy touch grass right, like that, that's something i i learned about myself the last few years i was like people i've got a an excellent tolerance for people being shitty and frustrating like that i could deal with all day and just you know give them a smile and like whatever dude you're a you're a fucking idiot but yeah Inanimate objects can get fucked because, at the end of the day, if an inanimate object like you know you're putting together you're putting together some like I don't know some flat pack furniture or something, and you're like it just doesn't make sense like you're you're fucking something up. The only person who is at fault, unless they didn't pack something, in which case, fuck those underpaid workers halfway across the world. But yeah, <laughs> if if you're struggling to put together some furniture and you've got everything you need. The only person at fault is you. It's operator error. And so, like, when you're ready to throw an object and you kind of catch yourself, like, that angry and you're like, oh, my God, it's me. It's only me at fault. And that's that's the stuff that really made me kind of reel in all that angst and anger with have, going from, like, you know, living on my own to, to have my lady around. It's like, yeah, if I throw like part of a piece of flat pack furniture and I ding it or something and just like ruin the fucking thing. I do that in front of her and she's just looking at me like, really? It's like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, you you really see me for me, huh? I need to I need to fix that a little bit. Yeah. Well, and you, you brought up a, a, a different point before we started going down the like throwing abner objects at the wall type deal <laughs> yeah just like if if anything if anything we value wants to continue we have to have families and we have to yeah. actually continue to uh like we have to continue to talk about this not just on podcasts but in in our own homes and um you know one of the best things you can do to also help with that is you know have kids and stuff um and raise them correctly and raise them in a manner that makes them critically think uh i think last time we kind of like shit on the public school system and i mean we do a fair bit of that around here yeah i think i think me and nathan talked about it a little bit uh the the first time i was on and like there's it's not i i've i've tried to be more realistic i got i i got really polarized against it i didn't have a good time in school like at all because you know i don't i don't learn well let's be real you don't learn much in school to begin with but i don't learn the stuff that is not interesting to me but you ask yep. me about my interests and you know you send me the the autistic <laughs> you know like so so we joke about having autism because yeah. one of the things of autism is having like uh like a fixation element to your persona right like you have some sort of a lot of them have 
and someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but from my understanding, the reason why autism is often brought up as like, I have autism is because mm-hmm. like, it is a personality trait of people with autism to be very fixated on what they enjoy. Um, which is why some very successful people in their fields have been autistic. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. I, for the record, I don't joke about it. These, this motherfucker right here has something going on and all signs point to to the tism. He's not even looking. <laughs> I, I'm no, not looking at the, the screen because my fo- my eyes are fucked still. It's been like Dude. eight months of this. <laughs> oh, do you, do you have the uh, the old man reading glasses now too? No, these these are just blue lens glasses, which have been uh, absolutely... Yeah. Oh, a ra- no, random, they, they random really thing. If you work on a computer, like yeah. all day, get some. Like Luke yeah. got me onto these. I was like, dude, oh, I'm dude, getting headaches so every single day because yeah. there's days where you can't like if if your job requires work on computer, like there's days where you cannot like get off of it. Like there, you just have to kind of power through it and you can drink yeah. all the water in the world. Like, uh, here's my little, here's my little office worker type deal, uh, or computer worker type deal. If you work on a computer every day, watch your posture, get a standing desk, Make sure you move around during your breaks. Like force yourself to move around during your breaks and get blue lens glasses or blue uh, blue light glasses. Because dude, actually, that that is something that, especially as you get older, it makes such a difference. Sorry, go on. Yeah, no, but that that was my little like that was my little uh, if you work on a computer rant. I dude, I never thought I would. Honestly, I never thought like if you told me what I'm doing today was what I'd be doing. Um, and obviously it's not like the rest of my life, but like, if you told me that, like, you know, you're going to make like stuff on the computer all day or like <laughs> write up things like write professional things. And I'm, I, I would be like, <laughs> yeah, right. School told me I'm retarded. <laughs> <laughs> a, a desk job. Nah, yeah. I'm going to be driving the trash truck. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I was talking about that with a coworker the other day. I was like, I was like, how the hell did a bunch of like dudes end up like capable dudes end up behind computers just staring at lights all day inside sunlight, not touching them at all? It's like, the how did we how do we end up doing this? Like, I don't think any of us were like, I want to work behind a desk when i'm an adult yeah it's it's weird it's like one of those things though it's like (sighs) there's there's certain things that like have made it validating to me because i always was like a very hands-on worker type deal and like i always like originally before joining the marine corps i thought i was gonna do like auto mechanics and stuff like that um it's it's kind of weird like it doesn't it doesn't make me look back and wish I did anything different. It's just like it's kind of funny how the thing that I saw myself doing wasn't quite it of what I actually am doing, but that doesn't also mean that I couldn't do it. If that makes sense? Like I there's times where you're staring at a computer and you're like 
I wish I was, you know, just doing manual labor because at least manual <laughs> labor is more stimulating than this. And then oh, there are other times where you're doing manual labor and you're like, man, I wish I could sit at a fucking desk right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's so funny. Like the shit talk, like, like my workplace has a mix of people doing manual labor and people in the offices and, you know, like just bitching at each other about like, oh yeah, I wish I was doing what you're doing. They're like, what? Nah, I wish I was in a comfy warm office or whatever. It's like just that grass is always greener. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> See, but really no, what we're meant to be doing is chasing mammoths off cliffs. <laughs> that's, that's what my heart wants. <laughs> Nothing else. <laughs> just, ch- just chasing uh, large animals to exhaustion and then consuming them. That's, that's all I want. Dude, I volunteered at a tax firm, and it was, like, the most fulfilling. Like, totally unpaid, just, like, helping out. And it it was weirdly fulfilling. I I would like to just take care of yaks, I think. Yeah. Wait, wait, when were you doing this? Like, a week or two ago? Uh, A little more than that. Uh, Yaks, just hanging out with yaks. Did I not show you pictures? Oh, yeah, well... I thought I thought you had just came across one. I didn't know you were like volunteering. You don't or... just come across a yak, BR. Where do you just come <laughs> across a yak? Nathan, I'm gonna be straight with you. I don't even know how the fuck you spell a yak. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Y-A-K, isn't it? Isn't it just a three-letter word? Uh, yeah. It's it's like the the word oh, whack yeah. starting with a a y. So it's a. Uh, Yay! Uh, no, it's a Y A K. Like, it's Y A K. No, it's Y A K. What? No, 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 no. I think you're wrong. You were hanging out with the axe, and you don't even know how to spell yak. Yeah, I like both of you are looking it up to be like, is is he wrong? No, I'll slap at you. No, I'm just trying to gaslight you. You don't just I, come I across do, uh, a yak. <laughs> you don't just come across. Speaking of, I, I really want to get people calling guns iron again because I think that's badass. It's just fun. This is just more of your cyberpunk vernacular, but oh, I, I actually wholeheartedly <laughs> agree with this. It, fucking what? Uh, Big Iron, like Marty Robbins, all of that. It's been around for a while, but yes, it it is cyberpunk vernacular. Dude, you, hey. you are like a single action army. Okay, uh, it's a Calvin. That that badass. Dude, you can you can talk about how cool modern guns are all day, but like buying a Uberti uh reproduction cattleman is something that I thought I would regret, but every time I pull it out and think like I'm gonna sell it, then I'm like, hold on. You just spin it with the engraving <laughs> then you, no tactical advantage whatsoever. Then you uh, spin it in your hand, and you just think about like I'll be your Huckleberry or something like that, and then you're yeah. like, hmm, I kind of want this thing. I kind of like this. Yeah. I'm gonna own this until I die. <laughs> yeah, I and then you just one. God, I would open I'd carry that ASMR right there. any day. <laughs> ten out of ten. You open carry that, and then you just you still got your glow concealed. <laughs> Dude, I, I opened I, carried a 1911 to the grocery store the other day, and I felt like <laughs> such a retard. I mean, it was under, <laughs> under a jacket, you could absolutely see the optic. But, like, I, I really wanted eggs, and I didn't want to take it off. <laughs> you, just, you were just lopping around your house with, a 19, like, an optic-ready 1911, and you're like, maybe, ah, 
Maybe, uh, just, just kind of the range. But uh, it was it was nice to be somewhere where that's not super weird. Uh, yeah, man, that, that's that's one of my favorite experiences with my uh, my parents visiting the states. Like we we were out in Arizona at some like hole in the wall Mexican place, and my very English mother, like some guy comes in open carrying some piece of shit like tourist or something. It's usually she's how like, it works. Yeah, she's like, oh my god, like really? Is that necessary? And I just lift up my shirt. I'm like, what? <laughs> Show off my gloves. <laughs> oh my god! I didn't know you were. Ca- Why would you carry to the Mexican restaurant? I'm like, <laughs> like you're not I'm- carrying. No, Have you yeah. heard of the Alamo? <laughs> like, mom, if we're going to go and get authentic, good Mexican, like this is not a good part of town. Notice the menu is entirely not in English. <laughs> I'm carrying my Glock. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's part of the cultural experience, all right? You got the Glock, you got the 33-round May, you got the little switch in the back you bought from a teenager in Chicago. You yeah, know. boy. We, I do not own any of those ATF. I'm surprised have you, you speaking, don't own Speaking of British people and guns, have you seen that meme where it's like, well, at least we're not getting oh, a shot oh. in mathematics class. <laughs> DMs are exactly that meme. The amount of ugly fish I've seen probably <laughs> goes past anyone else in this community. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> have you seen this? Yes. Yes, I have. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's like one of the first memes that people think immediately yeah. of you. Like, I, I know who to send this to. I'm like, oh, wow, guys, I've never seen this one. <laughs> I know, so I know when the people Go. just like know to send it to us immediately but the problem is like <laughs> everyone knows to send it to us like when ted kaczynski died i think we uh we're upwards like 60 messages <laughs> everyone's like a br and nathan okay yeah he lives okay. on he lives on <laughs> <laughs> Wait. I, I i couldn't help it but I sent I, I I had to send a couple of the really spicy uh, dead Queen Elizabeth memes to BR. I did I, I, I knew oh, dude. I it's one it. of those it's one of those caveat things where you're like, man, I don't know who actually feels strongly enough to understand this meme. <laughs> like Yeah. <laughs> oh man that was that was a beautiful day because like literally half the industry and like anyone who knew of me was like all right send it beyond all of the all of the memes like that's that, i think the box some someone on twitter tagged me and was like br it happened she's dead like, no fucking way <laughs> Uh, and f- fucking Mitch, I'm pretty sure, sent me the Lizzie's in the box thing and like all the Irish shouting it. Oh, God. What a what an well, excellent tw- week or two. Twitter that day. Twitter that day was literally two camps. Like, God save the queen. And then, like, lit, rip Bozo. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in piss, Bozo. It was just Irish wild. Thing. It's oh, like, well, and like, that. <laughs> Here, here's the sunshine about it. It's like people act like 
like we we go we've went on rants about like globalism and stuff like that but like that just shows you that globalism in theory is so flawed because ireland and the uk are so close to each other (laughs) but yet they share such opposite sentiments not if we can help it fucking patties (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I- Ireland. Uh, speaking of, uh, Lucas sent me the other day, and I, I complained about this in the beginning. Um, apparently, there's legislation being tabled where if you're suspected of uh, hate speech, um, you have to give all your passwords to the the Garda, the police. Otherwise, it's uh, twelve years in prison. If I mean twelve, what? twelve months in prison. Sorry. Okay. Oh, no. Jesus. Yes. Set, set uh, all your passwords. For not having set your all your passwords. passwords. Yeah. All my passwords are Ligma. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that it? Just Ligma? Ligma Lig- balls! <laughs> <Ray>! <laughs> no, but, I mean, so, yeah. I don't think we will go fully into what we were talking about before. But it's, it's creepy, dude, because it's like... Yeah, that's that's on the table in some areas, but then like, dude, I don't. I mean, like we were saying, like if there's matchbox countries, Ireland definitely seems to be one of them. Like they uh, like the Irish fighting spirit. Like that is, I mean, the fighting <laughs> Irish. Like that's just real. <laughs> yeah, like. <laughs> That's what makes Conor McGregor so fun. He's like the, literally the pinnacle stereotype of Irish people. It's like the guy the guy will shit talk you and then beat you up in the octagon. And it's like that's what people think about Irish people. And we also yeah. just assume he drinks heavily. Unnaturally, huh. right? That's, that's so, how you get there. And that's like – that is one thing that – uh, America definitely has. I mean, that's why that's why a six shooter, even though it's quite quite outdated, like you know, no, 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 no. I have a piece of paper that says this is my property, and I have a peacemaker, and uh, we're gonna have between this piece of paper or this gun, we're gonna have peace between each other, and you can choose which one you want to respect. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's a symbol. I fucking love that, and I want one in a cross draw holster all of the time. I, I yeah. look way uh, too um, not white to to uh, pull off cowboy boots, but I want to try anyway. I want to see you embrace it. Yeah, you, oh, you look like fucking like Asian Woody from Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> the Chinese knockoff Woody. <laughs> yeah, like what the fuck? His eyes aren't open enough. <laughs> This one's broken. <laughs> I'm sorry if I mis-Asian you, but I just meant like from the standpoint of like Chinese just not giving a shit about American copyrights and just slightly <laughs> slightly changing the homework. <laughs> oh, Instead man. of Andy, what would the name be on your uh, on your shoe be like? <laughs> I, I'm trying to think of an Asian name and I'm completely fucking lost. Damn it. Strangely, like I, I can't think of any off the top of my head. All my Asian friends who are like first generation all changed, all have like white names. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's always something I, simple like David or Bill or Frank or whatever. Or Kevin. Or Kevin. <laughs> Kevin is the biggest one. Ever, every like 
Oh, dude, I, I knew a Chinese Kevin. Of course you did. Half of them are named Kevin. <laughs> my, my, buddy Kevin, my buddy Kevin, if he listens to this, he's going to be like, hey, what'd you say? <laughs> That's not cool, man. Even if it's true, fuck you. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Uh, we went from like I feel like we went from something super serious to just ten minute rant about silliness. That that's basically just the show. Like, that, that's that is good. Entirely, that's the format. That's yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but as we were saying, like for real. It, if you want to if you want to keep your values you pretty much have to you have to take it upon yourself to do it cuz no corporation is going to do it for you no government is going to do it for you oh, like fuck no it works against them yeah it and it, and it yeah it just doesn't it, there's quite frankly not enough money in it and that's <laughs> when when every country is focused on trying to raise their gdp whether or not the actual populace sees it or not like the benefit of the GDP raising like values are just in minor inconvenience in the long-term scheme of things uh, for corporations and stuff. And that's, that's one thing that's annoying uh, for us, uh, like in our generation is we are the generation that is returning back to what we were told about from our grandparents and what we what was supposedly the values of these of these country these great countries uh, that we've came from like we in this whole thing like America, the UK and Canada were once the pinnacles of living for you know quite some time in the world, and now you know America's kind of a little bit of the last holdout. The UK has obviously gotten way yeah. off the rails. Oh. Canada showed its cards. <laughs> like, yeah. So, so, you know, at one point in time, yeah, like all these places gave up their heritage and their values and, and every little thing about it for the convenience of whatever it was. And obviously we saw where people's convenience was challenged in the past couple of years, you know, um, I'm trying, I'm seeing if I can get through a podcast without getting flagged for the C word. So <laughs> oh, on, on, on this show, I just replace it with, uh, Tom from Tom and Jerry sneezing. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, we saw, we saw where the cards were, or we saw where everyone's cards were already played, um, as far as the countries go. But then like on an individual level, that was where the real, like who actually holds this stuff who actually believes this stuff who actually doesn't believe it for the sake of i'm an american and that's kind of what american culture is supposed to be because that got thrown out of the wayside because minnesota nice is a prime example of getting thrown out of the wayside you used to be able to kind of just spark up a conversation with anyone here and now there's still people three years later who are like literally afraid of other people it's like oh yeah yeah and it's 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 wild because isolation and i mean the propaganda machine and all the other stuff that's at 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 play 
if you're going unchecked, whether it's a good woman, whether it's a good family, whether it's having uh, read thoroughly into stuff, like, or having good friends that, you know, help you from going full schizo and like losing mm-hmm. your mind, like, it's hard to, it's hard to fight that battle on your own. And not only that, like, you are just, like, unfortunately, you only, well, fortunately, unfortunately, you only live so long and you only get, you're only going to be prime in certain things for so long. Like everyone who uh, sees themselves as, you know, the frontline rifleman who's going to be sticking it to the, you know, blue helmets or the whatever, like, dude, when you're 50 years old, do you really want to do that? I don't, I don't think you do. I don't think you will. I, I don't like, there's obviously people who've done it in the past, but like, that still isn't probably how you want to live your fifties. So there's better, there's like, if you're not playing the long game, you're not thinking about the reality of it. If you die tomorrow for something like for whatever reason you get hit by a bus or, you know, you throw your phone against the wall and it hits you in the temple and you die. Um, like, that's it. Like that's that's all it is. Like that's all all your all your stuff goes away pretty much because obviously you can leave like a manifesto or something. But like, that's if it's a, men do. Yeah. <laughs> if, if it's a banger, it will be put on a t-shirt. But <laughs> <laughs> fuck. But but realistically, like. And realistically, that is far less likely than if you were to raise a family or to be a part of a community that is actually going to uh, commemorate you, which is like the biggest, it is hard and it's not easy. And it's, and it's, and it's not necessarily that you should be looking for the fame of it, but like, I, I truly think that a lot of people today look at their life of how much enjoyment can I squeeze out of this? How much hardship can I avoid? Um, even if it's my own goddamn made hardship that I have, like how much of that can I avoid? Uh, how much of it can I continue to do dumb shit all day, but then copioid it away by either not admitting to it or uh, whatever. And like, that responsibility. Yeah. yeah, and you and you continue that for multiple generations, which our generation kind of is like, I hope is the tail end of it. Um, and I I do, there are younger kids below our generation who are looking at us and seeing how are we navigating this weird world where you know everything is polarizing. You know you can't be of this descent. You can't you can't have pride in any of your ancestry. Uh, actually, all of it was bad, and we should destroy all of it. Like, yeah, every every tale of humanity and you know humans with too much control usually plays out to be kind of a a scary thing for the average person. But like. Honestly, at one point, the average person had more power than any government in the world. So, what what changed between us and them? 
I mean, it's you know, it, it's that outsourcing of responsibility, and it's it's that not being not being builders and doers and slinking away from that and just just choosing the easy path, which you know, in the past it was seen as a sign of progress to have an easier life, you know, than your parents and and their parents, and yeah, of course there should be, you know, we should improve conditions, but it's gotten to the point of like there is now such a lack of responsibility because people don't know how to take care of themselves instead of improving the conditions and making your culture stronger and your community stronger. It's now to the point, like you were saying, we're, we're, we've been psyoped into being afraid of each other. And we, we are completely broken down to the point where we're almost, I think, I think we're, you know, clinging on to the ability to, to build community still, but it's almost a lost skill at this point. Uh, yeah. I, I, th I do think too, it's like moving from a, a medium city to a small town, having lived in big cities before you see it, the more people you get together, the more isolated they become, the, the less sense of community there is, the more like, we don't want to get involved with that. You're familiar with like the Kitty Genovese thing, right? The, uh, is that the uh the murder in the 70s or 80s is fairly high profile i believe it happened in new york on a like a, a bit just off a busy street um what oh, a woman was stabbed and tortured to death for half an hour and no one did anything and it took uh half an hour for the police to show up and uh, very few people alerted the police no one actually helped no one stopped to help um and i i see all the time and I, i've experienced like if you're in the city, you don't get involved, and out out here, there's more of a sense of community. You know, you see people picking up trash, you see people volunteering and taking care of each other, and it's nice. And it's nice to be somewhere where there's a sense of responsibility towards your fellow men. But I, I do think in just this this weird like onslaught of people moving to population centers and just like rampant, oh, the globalization thing, all of that, um, we're losing our humanity. And it kind of goes along with what you're saying. Yeah. So one. Uh, so uh, I think. Uh, well. So that's one of the issues with like the justice system at this point is the justice system is definitely weaponized because the people who have went through these institutions and got praised for mediocre work are partial. Like are honestly infesting in areas of responsibility whether you like it or not like dude the last thing i want to be is a bureaucrat but whether you like oh, it or yeah. not the people who become bureaucrats these days are the people who you like you're like where the hell is your head like where in the world is your mind um for example like new york that dude choked that guy out and he ended up dying on the subway but the dude beforehand was assaulting a woman like before men would have stood up and that dude would have been pummeled to the ground before like anything right like those altercations usually don't yeah. just like start randomly and even if they did he might have only thrown one punch or whatever um so you have a weaponized system that definitely wants to keep you uh afraid of doing anything and paralyzes you to be like am i in a am i in a in a city where people are not going to judge me based off of some random, you know, academia standard, but are they going to judge me by the character of my actions? And 
we've we've made we've made the character of your actions and we've made the 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 moral principles of people pretty much up to the up in the air and when you have all the systems in place that they'll use to defame you uh you have stuff where people do the right thing and then the public turns against them because they are so just calcified to the idea that like hey sometimes being a good person means you have to do something bad like quote bad right like yeah nobody nobody wakes like nobody who is sane wakes up one day and it's like you know what i really want to just like kill someone i'm gonna put myself in the situation that you know i'm gonna be able to do that right like but there's people who are good who are like hey there needs to be someone in this shithole of a place that you know doesn't really have anyone actually kind of fighting for what's good there ready to put their foot down and then we've we've had we've had big city systems that have been put into place where it's a nanny state where now when someone does murder regardless or not if it's justified whether it's a self-defense case oh well murder is murder uh and they look at it from a socioeconomic type deal rather than the actual uh, like char characterizations of the cir circumstance and i don't know it's it's weird because you want to hope that someone you want to hope that it's not like this like rising uh rising to the actions of the scenario you want to hope that uh someone is going to have that just out of the goodness of their heart br here with a quick word from our newest sponsor of the show that made our first video podcast possible the great people over at attorneys for freedom Attorneys for Freedom are a real criminal defense law firm offering attorneys on retainer for legal representation in self-defense cases and are not some insurance company or provider. This means that Attorneys for Freedom are able to cover scenarios that are often denied coverage by other programs. Self-defense scenarios such as while in gun-free zones or sensitive areas, while under the influence or on medication, scenarios where you knew your attacker, and while using any weapon in self-defense, from a firearm to a household object or otherwise. Additionally, Attorneys for Freedom will not drop you from coverage nor will they ever ask you to pay them back. Even if you take a plea deal where you admit guilt to a criminal act, Attorneys for Freedom will not ask to recoup their fees. Attorneys for Freedom covers 100% of your attorney's fees in the event that you can reasonably argue that you are acting in self-defense, and now you're facing serious felony charges. The primary key to coverage is their ability to reasonably argue self-defense in court. Nathan and I have signed up already, and you can too, in no time at all. The National Self-Protection Plan is available with a one-time sign-up fee of $100 and just $35 per month after that. Family plans and annual rates are also available. Signing up via the link in the show notes or via the CBNR Instagram bio link helps support the show with both your initial sign-up and every month you retain Attorneys for Freedom services. Get covered in all 50 states, support the show, and have peace of mind that should your worst day come, Attorneys for Freedom has your back. Thanks for listening, people. How's it going, lads and ladies? BR here with a quick word from the longest running sponsor of the Art and War podcast, Advanced Warfighting Solutions. 
AWS have been making tough as hell gear for decades right here in the US in North Carolina. Nathan, myself, and thousands of others run that gear through the ringer and trust our lives to it, whether that's LARPing in the woods or dragging kit through war zones. AWS manufactures many great packs, pouches, plate carriers, and our personal favorite, the SMU Operator Belt. A set and forget gun belt that crushes in build quality, capability, and excellent feedback from its many users. We are tough on our gear here at Arn War, and the SMU takes that treatment in its stride. Though already at a sweet price point, you can knock $10 more off your SMU belt with the code ARNWAR10 at awsin.com. The code and link to the AWS website can be found in the show description. Thanks for listening, now let's get back to the show. And we're back. And we're back. Alright. And we're back. Uh, so <laughs> let's let's get this back on track before we talk about optics that are kind of mid. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but uh, no. So like, yeah, we have a system that kind of like actually puts down the idea that there is inherently good actions out of what is generally perceived as inherently bad like i don't think anyone who uh is in our sphere who is sane and if you feel otherwise uh you would not be hoping to end a life you would not be hoping to be in a situation to uh end a life even if even if you train for it your whole life and never use it that is still a valiant that's a valiant effort of your life and it's a, it's a just cause and you don't need to be looking to just utilize it. That's, that's where I, I, I don't like where people go with some of this. It's like when it arises, like when, what arises motherfucker? Like, <laughs> dude, I don't want, I don't want m my fiance to feel the ravages of a war torn country. I don't want any of that. Right. And if you're like hoping for that, then, Dude, yeah, go touch grass. Go like, go Dude, that's go go see a little kid. Like, go talk to little kids. See see what's in there going on in their mind. Because I guarantee you, they're just looking to learn something from you and not not learn that your whole idea is like everything's fucked. You're gonna grow up in a fucked state, and you know yep. you're probably gonna die as a war casualty. Like, no. No, like, and, and that's just the thing, like, the whole being a builder instead of being just, like, you know, like an aggro fuckhead, kind of looking, like, like, my life will begin when the grid goes down and people start looting, like, really, dude? Like, those things very well may happen, I, I you know, who knows the probability of it, and, you know, like, I'd rather a, a much more peaceful transition into a a, a better way of living, but... You know, those things might happen, but all the same, I'd much rather build something parallel to this decaying society prior to anything happen, happening. That can be, like, a lifeboat from whatever this mess is, yes. and uh, into, you know, a, a more positive future for those those hopeful kids who, God forbid, they're at risk of a, a war on U.S. soil or, you know, anywhere else in a, a peaceful place. Like, you want to build a community that is resilient to any sort of awfulness that might crop up as a, as this government absolutely fumbles, um, you know, peace and, and stability. Like it's that, that's the one thing that I think a lot of the young guys 
and we we're kind of touching on it earlier with you know something as simple as finding a good woman like that honestly it can really reshape your whole mindset because you're like oh yeah you might have been like you know young and looking for that challenge that you know maybe you you changed your mind on what the military is doing and kind of that that initial challenge you thought you might have in life and then reconsidered you know not signing up to go and fight and do whatever your government's bidding is but like um instead like stay at home and and build something here like people i think young guys still have that need to be challenged and to prove themselves and it's like dude there is nothing more impressive than building a stable loving home and and family and community like the more things you build of that nature like support systems and you're you're able to be someone who not only provides but has extra to give to others and can really build people up and help them get their lives going like that's that is insane and far more impressive than you know having the notch on your belt of like oh yeah i fired a rifle in anger at another human being like you should absolutely have that capability because you know it's it's always a possibility and to defend the the good things in life you should have that capability but if you don't if you're not seeking out to be a builder rather than just a destroyer then you you don't get it yeah. Well, as as mitch used to say a lot of young men have a lot of anger he, he called it bloodlust yeah. and i absolutely yeah. agree it was uh so a, a lot of people are angry and it's addicting to be angry i think it's easy yeah, very much so. Oh, it's get caught up the in cheapest dopamine. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I, I think what you're saying and is kind of lost in a lot of people, and I really wish it wasn't in terms of it's a lot easier to get people upset than thinking about solutions. And building community is one of those solutions. Is it going to fix every problem in the world? No. But um, it is more productive in the long run than bullying people online or obsessively, like, like uh, lubing your bolt carrier group while you you sit with your fifteen thousand rounds of green tip that you'll never use, or God, God forbid, like commit some sort of atrocity. But pe- people get really hung up on the violence when it should be the last, 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 last resort, and no one should want it. Yeah. Well, and then too, what is the outcome of your violence? Like if it's violence for violence, then you can expect more violence. Like there's yeah. really, but if there's no end goal to your violence, like then you don't get anything out of it. And yeah, I mean, so like, for example, like telling people for myself, like telling people that I was in the Marine Corps and that I was infantry, everyone first, like the first question they want to ask is like, where did you go? Right. And when I was in and when I was freshly out, uh, there's a very easy stigma to feel like you missed out on something by doing all your infantry training and not deploying to, you know, where people think you should list off. Right. And then there's people who base their whole personality on that. Like, oh, if things popped off, I would go back in. Or, uh, you know, like, nope, I'm staying in because the next one's just so around the bend. Um, and they're, they're chasing that idea of that that is 
what makes a man. And don't get me wrong, there's plenty of guys that I have the utmost respect about their ability to be a warrior and their ability to, you know, rise to the call of action that is needed to be um, and go beyond that. I, I've, you know, I've had the pleasure of meeting. I don't know if I've ever met a Medal of Honor recipient, but I, I know I've met some silver stars for valor that, you know, that's a very high achievement um, to be bestowed upon. And, you know, being calm, cool and under fire is something that every, every man, whether or not he wants to admit that that is something he wants to be, wants to be that. But there are those guys who are just that and they have no ability to have sustainability in their family. They have no ability to, you know, uh, have a relationship that goes two ways, not just their way. Um, they have families that don't feel like they're really anything to them. And it's sad because it's like, here's a guy who gets praise from men left like hand over fist. But when it comes time to put it all down, when it comes time to uh, come back to what they claim they fought for, they can't do it. They, they literally are incapable of doing it because they, they only see it from the standpoint of like, that's, that's the only way to fix any problem ever. And like, good luck having a stable family with, you know, using uh, violence of action as your only course of solving a problem. Um, it's, it's not sustainable and it's not going to make you grow. And quite frankly, I think that's where a lot of people start to have a lot of psychological issues because they only know how to deal with it in a certain way. And then when they're asked to deal with it another way and actually look a little bit more introspectively, um, they've, they've cut themselves off from that so long that they don't know how to do it again. And it's, it's quite scary because it's like they're still capable of doing it, but I think they're scared of doing it because they've gotten so comfortable with the one way that obviously has gotten them the most praise. Yeah, it's and that's what, you know, from from the time a lot of people were, you know, like eight years old, 10 years old or something, that's what they pictured themselves doing. And then, hell, they went and did the thing and they, they did get that qualifier and they were built up with just that mindset of, I mean, it's it's that old adage, you know, to to a hammer, every problem's a nail. Like, if, if that's what you've built yourself into, I mean, that, you know, great, capable of violence, absolutely. That's that's a, a good thing for, a, you know, a capable human being to have. But if that's your only tool, kind of fucking stuck with not much else to, to build yourself up on. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, uh, I wish I could remember how Forrest says it. Nathan knows Forrest. Um, like people the, who are yeah, redacted. Um, yeah, redacted. I, I really like it. Good listen. Uh, I'm going to shell his podcast for him. Yeah. Uh, the way he puts it is uh, like people who are uh, so pro law enforcement, but also anti gun to the average individual that they think they're they don't they don't actually depose the violence that they say they depose. Like they, they don't actually 
dislike the violence. They're just bestow. They're just, man, I wish I could remember how he says it, but they're essentially just offsetting it off to someone else's burden. Yep. Like that's, yeah, it's just outsourcing the responsibility of personal safety to someone else. And then the funny thing is, is even when they prove time and time again, that they don't necessarily have to provide your personal safety, Evaldi. Yep. Then their whole world gets shooken up at one, again. And it's like, how many times do you have to be shooken up before you start to realize that, yes, no one's coming to save you, but like also you are coming to save you and your beliefs are coming to save you and the structures you build will come to save you. Like, we didn't get to social credit, like, we didn't get to a social security state necessarily because we wanted to be paying for people uh you know for their whole life we came to we came to this point where people thought it was something that was worth doing because they saw it as helping their neighbor welfare was supposed to be kind of helping the citizenry get back on their feet and obviously that's went too far and went unchecked and you know there's been tons of consequences that go into it but it's if you'd never trace back to how stuff starts or you never trace back to uh, how we got here, then how are you supposed to use violence to make something better? Yeah. And, and you see it through history, too. Uh, a lot of violent overthrowing of, of shitty governments have simply led to more shitty governments. The shitty people with the guns immediately. Uh, look, look at Cambodia. Look at Russia. Look at the French Revolution, actually. It's kind of funny how uh, like it, you're replacing shit with more shit. And um, I, I, I do think that there, there's a lot of validity in undermining a system and making it toothless peacefully before you know you get to the ammo box but i also don't have have the uh have the answers to everything everything's proselytizing but it's pretty easy to to uh stick with your more well no it's, it's difficult to stick with your morals but i don't think a particularly hard one is don't do a violence to people don't do (laughs) don't don't do a hurt yeah, there's there's a lot of young guys out there at the minute, and I mean, you know, this is this is always going to be true, but there's so many young guys out there right now who you know, probably feel pretty hopeless and kind of don't really have the solution. And the the easy solution always is anger and okay, well, who's responsible? Okay, let's get the bastard. All right, what now? Yeah. Well, <laughs> that you've done the thing. Okay, what's what's next? Not yeah. a whole lot. Like there's where, where's the solution? Where's the where's the problem solving? And honestly, I almost feel like like we're being coaxed into more of these more of these young men being left like ready for they're not quite sure what, but something you know something instantly gratifying, and then wh- what like nothing like there's no there has been kind of a push to just leave men angsty, useless, and, you know, scary, really. Like, no actual, um, no actual continuity to, you know, the building yourself up a family. Like, there's, people have just been made to feel isolated and 
you know, like like they don't now. And that that is uh, it, it's something you see in the community quite a bit. Is like a lot of guys just asking the most, and you know, bless them. It's it's nothing nothing personal ragging on them, but like a lot of young guys who just feel so isolated. They're like, dude, how do I find a good woman <laughs> in this culture? Yeah. And it's like, damn, dude, that it sucks that it's that difficult nowadays yeah yeah well and i i want to say this you're probably the the funny thing is is i found my fiance when i stopped looking yep yeah i know so many other people i know so many other people who say the same thing uh like if anyone is listening from like they somehow enjoy my voice or my opinion and they've listened to other stuff that i've talked about in podcasts in the past they kind of have a rough understanding where i'm coming from but the second i said man fuck this like fuck all this i'm gonna focus on something that's gonna make something out of me i'm gonna focus on something that is going to uh get me away from these these negative thoughts or uh, or this this bad outlook on women or perception of others um uh, unironically happened and really put that to the test right (laughs) after i right after i did that um but like i found you know i was working at a gun store i found uspsa through a friend i started shooting uspsa it gave me something to do it was active it stimulated me it made me take all my attention and put it towards something and like that that itself beat any of the therapy that i went to any of the 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 specialist types people that I talked to, like actually applying myself to something was way more gratifying. And by pulling back from, you know, the constantly looking for a woman, like deleting, like, like getting rid of, you know, dating apps and getting rid of like anything like that, that made it where, you know, you were constantly searching, but never gratified. And, quite honestly like the i'm sure it goes for the same thing for women but that's what happens when we have too many options we don't commit to anything too like again the the kind of ties back into what we just talked about with violence like the option of violence clears out a lot of the things we don't like but then at the end of it if you don't have anything to actually move forward from that then Nathan brought it up too, the Russian Revolution. I would rather live under a czar that's a little bit sus tyranny than Bolshevism. <laughs> yeah. You know? Oh yeah, you, your uncle like, just disappeared because he said something bad about the party. The, yeah. The, what? Yeah, exactly. So like that that's where people don't re- like that's that's where the history the lack of history doesn't make any sense for these guys like for me when it lo- when i'm looking at those types of guys it's like dude do you realize like this is this isn't new like this isn't going to play out any differently like there's there's a lot of people who really know this stuff and you can be a useful idiot and their cog for whatever it is and you know Two decades later, you could be living in like 1950s Russia where Stalin is purging half the fucking country. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, when we're in power, my guy, this is a cycle that has been going for a long old time. 
when we're in power always turns into oh now they're in power oh yeah. now i'm in the gulag nah build your well, own thing well that's the that's the my favorite thing about uh when people talk about like the the socialist communist twitter people uh they're like <laughs> especially the communists like the con like <laughs> i understand some of the where some people can think that socialism could work but like generally it works in homogenous countries which if you are you know a full-blown diversity freak like you're not going to have that but like communism just makes me even laugh harder because it's like you watch them and they're like well we take power and it's like dude you tweet about when you take power but you also tweet about how you know your cat is mean to you and you forgot your anxiety meds when you went on a walk and you are now in the hospital with an anxiety attack like bro my guy you are going to work in the coal mines (laughs) (laughs) trench like, I, I wanted to teach you about gender studies. Dig the fucking hole. <laughs> yeah, I was going to be in the party. No. Yeah, yeah, there was there was one a while ago that I saw that was like, uh, tweet below what you think. Like this was like pro- this was when like Twitter was like full blown like censored. You couldn't say anything that was against the norm on there. Uh, but it's like tweet below what you think you'll be when we take power type deal, right? And it's like yeah. I want to be the head uniform designer. Like yeah, bro. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure they're gonna be really too. interested in that, like in communist furries. Like yeah, <laughs> degenerate. <laughs> face the wall you offer nothing to the people what <laughs> no it, it's like, but i helped weed in the revolution <laughs> almost Sorry, every Nathan. violent revolution the last 200 years possibly further and you know there are exceptions to this but uh the russian revolution is one of them uh again cambodia comes up quite a bit cubo is is a big one immediately the uh the academics and the the uh politicos are the first on the fucking chopping block as soon as the violent revolution happens i i mean uh hell pol pot went as far as killing everyone with glasses because that that meant you uh you were an academic nerd <laughs> honestly kind of based <laughs> <laughs> When, when yeah. The, yeah, the entire fucking crew are like, and I'd be dead in Cambodia. <laughs> Puts on glasses. Yeah, it's well, and oh, it's it's frustrating too because it's like you can't you can't blame them too much because that's what they're getting spoon fed in so many ways through the big yeah. propaganda machine. Uh, but then it's like coming back to it's like coming back to this idea of like detoothifying essentially like these these offices, which is the exact opposite of what so many countries do is uh, they give a little bit more, they give a little bit more. Dude, like you read, you read some of the individual protests of things from the mid 1800s, um, whether it was pro civil war, anti civil war, uh, pro coal mine, anti coal mine, pro railroad, anti railroad. Like you read those people, 
and they're like they're like i will protest with every ounce of my body that this is not this is going to be the damnation of this country and <laughs> <laughs> like dude nobody feels that way about much anymore and that's uh, and it's not that you have to uh, again it's not this like extremism type thing but they but they they thoroughly believed that every inch you gave was an inch lost and we don't believe that anymore we think it's going to be like haha next four years you get yours i get mine we're gonna go two feet that way but also two feet that way oh wait there it's one bird um but yeah and it's it's wild to me because one of the prime examples of like peak american vibes is like during the great depression when farmers were getting foreclosed on their loans and you know people outside people of their communities were coming in to bid on the properties so they could essentially do like rent farming they could rent the land out to a farmer and get profit right there was areas in the country that when the bank foreclosed on someone's farm and they went up to auction these were in-person auctions mind you which is why everything has to be online these days because if you put people in person and they're disgruntled more than likely people are going to realize i'm not alone so by by the by the push for onlineness and there's convenience to it and there's disc and uh, inconveniences of it but long story short these auctions were in person and people wouldn't bid and if someone bid they would beat the shit out of them. Yes. They would beat the shit out of the person who is not part of their community. Make sure that even if, so even if that farmer didn't have enough money to buy their land back, they would give that farmer enough money to now buy it because it got bid on. And that person who bid on it would not show their face in that town again. Like, that's true empowerment of a community yeah like that is that is true ownership of your domain because we all know at this point that banks are not our friends we uh, the whole the whole thing about you know being in debt is gay like that whole thing is really resonating with more and more people now and i i think it definitely resonates with a lot of people in this in this fear that will listen to us because they're realizing like yo i'm tired of struggling for things that i don't necessarily want but i'm told that i should want Uh, and i don't know like it's weird we look at it from the lens of today and we look at it from the heroes of today but like the heroes of today are weak and malleable and generally you can trace them back to like a couple organizations and you start to wonder like okay when i can read individual papers that literally did not that stood the test of time because they got published into a book but they weren't like you know public figures like that's a lot more like of a testament to the individual's power when it comes to having a community that's like-minded and uh values their traditions and their their families first over you know whatever entity uh man-made they make um which unironically most of those people back then believed in god which now has been replaced by government so i I do think like our our innate need for tribalism has been replaced essentially with like 
politics, consummation of media, and the fucking government. It's wild seeing just how how entertaining the American election has turned into. The whole thing is just like weaponized reality television. It's 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 entirely disingenuous. And oh yeah, people project their personalities into it. It becomes them. It, it's it is like the religion of old. I I hate it. I, well, yeah, can you imagine if people put that same energy into what Colin was just talking about? Like ninety, like that, you know, that was like eighty, ninety years ago that people would stand shoulder to shoulder with people that live down the road from them and be like, "Fuck you, no, we're making sure this guy doesn't lose his his farm. He's gonna he's gonna stay here. He's gonna keep his property. His family will stay here because he's one of us." And, yeah. And if you made that your identity instead of, "Oh, I'm a Republican." my neighbors, whatever, or whatever the fuck, you know, your, your tribalism of choice, like, nah, fuck this guy. He's slightly different to me, even though we live in the same area, do the same stuff, more or less. Nah, nah, nah. Now I'm, I'm this color, you're that color, fuck this guy. Like, what? Yeah. I'm willing to weaponize government against my neighbor. Yeah, that's, that's the funny thing. It, like, yeah, there's people who live next door to each other who hate each other for their political opinions. There's someone oh, who put one, one, like one sign in their lawn. And then the next person was like, yo, you can't have that facing my house. Hey, I'm the opposite guy. It's like, yeah. Hey, guess what? Dipshit. You live in the same goddamn neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> like you think that. So, uh, actually here, here, I think I kind of told Nathan about this a little bit, um, but when I was actually going through it, I couldn't really talk about it because it was kind of almost a legal case. But so when I was going, like I, I got through the Marine Corps, I got the GI Bill and stuff like that. I didn't quite know what I wanted to do. I knew I didn't want to be an auto mechanic. So I started to go to school. And what that led into was a couple recommendations to um a school that i thought was going to have more of my values and yeah i can tell that story i think i <laughs> nathan did i tell you about i think i told you a little bit about it it was a while ago and you talked to a lot of people um but so anyways so yeah i decided like you know i'm gonna go against the grain with what i know what i know which is like holding security being a marine stuff like that gritty shit uh, and i'm gonna push my way through school uh yeah. i saw it as a way to uh kind of get an extra paycheck because of the gi bill i was like at it, if anything else i am essentially redeem i am trading some of my time to redeem the money that they have set aside for me to get a college education uh so I went through generals at a, and I, and this is more of a recommendation of why I'm telling this rather than like anyone cares. But if someone has a GI Bill or if someone is seriously contemplating going through college for whatever reason, doing generals at a at a community college is so much better than doing them at a big school. And I went to a Lutheran private school after this, but like. I avoided state schools like the plague because I knew what Minnesota was teaching. Um, but yeah, going through, because uh, even if you don't finish 
your generals at a community college. Like I went to a tech school community college that had good transferability. Like at least you can afford to pay that stuff off. You're only spending a couple grand each semester. And I'm talking about like, you know, three to five. That's more than affordable for most people in most conditions of their life versus the 12 grand to 12 to 17 grand of the private school per semester that I went to after this. I didn't touch a cent of this. The GI Bill did. Obviously, if you have that, it's it's great for certain extents. Anyways, so I'm going to, I'll, I'll keep it a little bit vaguer, but I mean, people can look this up. Uh, I was going through a school. Um, it's a Lutheran-based school. It's supposed to have God first in the school. Um, and sure enough, government came and said, hey, whoa, 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 hey, those uh, values you have, they're a little bit inconveniencing to the narrative that we have, which is government can control your day-to-day -day life and you have to wear a diaper on your face. Otherwise, uh, we're going to monetarily inconvenient you. We're going to threaten that you're going to die. We're going to try to deny you of services, kick you out of public life, yada, yada, yada. So we go on to online school and like the classes, some of them were really good. I did have a couple good teachers going through it um, and they were good. And I learned a lot of lessons from them. And, you know, I had a, I had a economics teacher who I had for multiple different other business classes who really kind of taught me a lot more about what I know about money and investing and the pro the pros and cons of, you know, economic systems as a whole um, that I don't think there's truly a perfect one, but yeah. Um, so not all of it was in vain, but it rolls around. Oh shit. I said that word mute it. <laughs> uh, but so, because I don't want to get flagged. <laughs> we'll we'll I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to make one. I think. I think me and Forrest can make it through some because we talk about theological stuff. But I'm trying to make it through one of these without. Anyways. <laughs> no, no, you're you're so, fine. You're fine. So, uh, so that rolls around, and you know, we go online, and it is just an absolute joke. And I am mid twenties. I am freshly out of the marine corps i've been out of the marine corps less than i you know than i remember being out of the marine corps beforehand right like i don't remember being like an 18 year old or i don't yeah i don't remember being a 17 year old outside of the marine corps i be, remember being an 18 year old inside the marine corps and that was the past five years of my life so i'm in my you know mid almost mid 20s and I'm watching these kids who I know how I felt back then. I was lost. I was looking for anyone who to anyone who would offer any sort of uh, directionable advice that came from a sound place, right? And some people see it in school, and you know they think like, okay, this person is teaching. They know what they're talking about. They've studied this thing. They know this thing inside and out. So therefore. They must have some sort of established uh, establishment to them. And man, some of those people, so like some of the, the, the quote unquote professors, you could tell that once their whole like norm of academia fell apart and they had to go online, they had no idea 
how to regulate themselves. They needed an institution to essentially tell them when to show up, how to do their job. They needed people to actually like physically see what they were doing in order to be held accountable. So when we got online, their classes just turned into absolute like gobbledygook. It was just garbage. But no college, I believe, in all of America gave any of these kids a break on their tuition. They paid oh, full tuition to get nothing for at least a semester, if not two, depending upon, if not more, depending upon where they were going to school. So I get back and I'm pissed off. I'm like, yo, that was garbage. I've been a leader before and I wish that if I if I was ever like that in my any of my leadership positions and nobody told me about like because some of the best critiques as you can get as a leader is getting told you suck at something because then you're like no i don't and then you're like oh yeah i do so like you can be cognitively like unaware how bad you are at something until someone brings it up and yeah we got back and i was like yo that past like these past two semesters you robbed these kids i said this in person and I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to puff my chest here, but I, I didn't, I didn't give a fuck. I literally felt so fucking terrible for these kids because I'm thinking about who I got to look up to when I was in the Marines at that age. I got to look up to people who went through Ramadi. I got to look up to people who went to Fallujah. They did all the shit that I hoped that I could amount to someday if I was called to do it, Right. And these kids are looking at these teachers thinking that they're there to help them be successful in their life. And they get told that life's really freaking hard. And it's best if we just pump the brakes and take it really easy and make sure you don't like go by your grandma. Make sure you don't have any loved ones around you. Make sure you isolate yourself, right? I was pissed because they're in their prime of setting up their life and they're getting told to do the exact fucking opposite. And so I battled with the school multiple times. Uh, The state had uh, lifted it, lifted the, the mat, the diaper mandate. Uh, They reinstated it in the city that school was in Uh, the school. Uh, then lifted it when the city lifted it, but then a semester came where the school wanted to put it in because the city was kind of pressuring them to do it, but they weren't really. I read into it more. The city said you should, right? <laughs> they were like, you should do this if you're uh, congregating in large populations. So the school took it upon themselves to take all the values that their their mission statement said throw those aside, throw all the biblical values, throw those aside. Those are inconvenience right now. Um, We're going to reinstate it. So, but this time there was a clause and the clause was if you had a exemption, uh, you could essentially sign this piece of paper that said like so-and-so is exempt for whether it was religious reasons or medical reasons or whatever, right? You had to write in why. And they were pretty much approving them at the rapid rate because they knew they legally couldn't enforce them. They knew that they didn't have the legal standpoint to reinforce that uh, those rulings anymore. And I refused to sign that because I read the full paper, right? I didn't see it as just getting uh, taking that off, right? And I was wearing it like 
under under my chin most of the day like like if i had it on so i could attend because i was like look i'm not getting cheated on my gi bill i'm gonna go but like i'm not gonna play the game i'm gonna just act like this doesn't even exist um and they eventually would back off of it but anyways the form said if you sign this you are uh if you sign this you are um, acknowledging that the school can uh, prescribe other uh, other preventative measures for you. I wonder what that is. Uh, and uh, they can also ask for your medical history, essentially. They were saying like, and we can also, uh, yeah, they're pretty much just saying, hey, yeah, you don't have to wear the diaper that we know we can't enforce, but we're also going to make sure that if it flips the other way, like we're kind of enforcing right now, if it flips the other way and you're too resistant, we can essentially kick you out of the school. We can do all these nasty things to you, but don't worry. Like it's, it's all for your own good because you don't know what you're talking about. Right. Um, and I didn't have really any other teachers who were giving me any grief. Like, outside of one i had one teacher who is the most snaky person i've ever met and i have no respect for her and if she was ever to stumble upon this i would be glad because i wish i could tell her this again to her face because i know that i was right and it's not out of spite but it's out of the fact that I stood my ground when she tried to weasel me like I was a naive young 18-year-old. And she was doing this to young 18-year-olds who ended up getting something that they never needed to get. They subjugated themselves to things that were not necessary for their livelihood or for them to live another day, right? We, we can all fill in the blanks there. <laughs> and she weaseled these kids out of her position of authority to make them feel guilty for feeling other ways. And she tried this with me. I read the form. I did not sign the form. Thankfully, since I was teaching some classes, uh, firearms classes, I was doing a lot of training back then when I still worked behind the counter. I had met a lawyer who was also kind of tired of the narrative. And I'm sitting there wondering, what the hell am I going to do? I am so close to graduating. I've done all this time. I, at this point, just want to get it over with, right? I don't want to like take a year off and then come back to it when they waive all this stuff. Uh, I'm already enrolled. I don't want to go through that process again, yada, yada, yada. This lady uh, gave me hell every single day I showed up to class. You better put that on. You better put that on. She tried to embarrass me in front of the class. And I was like, <laughs> okay, whatever. Like, mm -hmm. ma'am, uh, I've been threatened to be NJP'd and like thrown in the brig and stuff like that. Like you do not intimidate me. Like I, <laughs> I, I do not care. Like I, like you, you could say whatever you want. You, you don't scare me. And she finally gets to the point where she shows her cards. She asked me to stay behind after class. She tells me that she's part of the <laughs> response team. Uh, had you, uh, uh, <laughs> So she tells me that. And so now I see all of her cards and I've realized that if she can't enforce this, she has a really bad time. 
um, because she's the head of it. She's the one writing the policies, right? She knows that she's the one behind this and she could change it within a whim. And she knows that all the stuff that I've read and proven to her, she also knows. Like it was so apparently clear that she tried to level with me in order to get me to feel bad about like be feeling so strongly against what she's saying. And she brings out this sob story about how her dad was in the military and blah, blah, blah. It's like, I don't think you get this. When I signed up for the freedom part, like I thoroughly believed that. And I, I don't think like, and I'm not talking about like the freedom, do whatever the fuck you want, the no consequences thing. I'm talking about the freedom from government telling me what I can and cannot do. That is the freedom that I'm talking about. I'm not talking about this whimsical, magical mm -hmm. fairy tale land that you just get to do whatever you want with no consequences. That's not freedom. And she pulls out the sob story and I don't buy it. Um, she talks about how I'm supposed to level with her because she knows a veteran. Cool. I know a lot of them. I know a lot of them too. Like cool story. Uh, and then she ends it with, if you don't show up to class on Thursday with a diaper on your face, I'm going to kick you out of the class. I email her. This is a Tuesday. The class comes back on Thursday. I email her saying, you are the most anti-American piece of work I've ever met. Uh, I kept it cordial. Uh, and I told her like, I have, so I'm sitting there like thinking, all right, this is the end of my college career or whatever it is. <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> like that was cool. I got really close. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not, I'm, I'm sweating because it's like, I don't want all this to be for nothing. I've pissed away so much time on this. You know, I've gotten good grades and whatnot, blah, blah, blah. And I don't want this to be stomped out by someone who just is looking to prove a point. So I'm looking for all the options. I'm looking at, you know, okay, how do I get a legal medical exemption that they cannot tell me no and that I don't have to sign a thing because I had sinus issues from that shit too. So it's not like I'm just making this uncomfortableness up too. It's actually affecting my health. Um, but so, and then I was like, oh, I know a lawyer. I, I texted him the, uh, the form and he, before I can even finish what I'm typing, to kind of be like, hey, what do you think about this? He calls me and he goes, Colin, do not fucking sign that. I swear <laughs> to God. <laughs> and this is this is where the cool part is. Is like this is where what we've been talking about kind of has played out in my life by being a part of you know a community by being a part by being active out there in the world. I had a lawyer who had really no no incentive outside of just believing what I believe in, believing that like he knows that I'm into firearms. I'm literally training him on it. We had all these great talks about like faith and all this other stuff in the, in the process of it. We saw, you know, he's, he, he grew up from like the sixties era and I'm, you know, a 1990s baby, right? Like he doesn't think that we should have a thing in common. But yet, here he is, ready to go to bat for me, 
pro bono tells me like I'm not like lawyers are supposed to do this thing where we uh, do community work and we take on cases that uh, we believe someone is being wrongfully persecuted or something. Um, and he he did it. Uh, I email her that uh, he had called me um, and then she follows up that same night. And I'm like, yeah, I don't like, and she's essentially saying like, you know, too bad. I'm going to kick you out of the class. Like, see, see, you, see you later type deal. And then I was like, yeah, that's an interesting response, but, uh, you can talk to my legal counsel and, um, you know, this guy is going to be representing me. Um, so (laughs) you in court. (laughs) <laughs> yeah uh so i know i've been going this is a long-winded story but it, I, i'm trying to tell it as accurately as possible and not making it sound like i'm just this you know super like superhero type deal because i'm not it, it was literally someone else stepping in for me that that had the qualifications to do so that essentially made this story what it is which is i, I won't say his name because i you know legal world is dumb um but he he truly came to step up to bat for me when i didn't have really anything to offer to him he was paying to come to my classes my classes were just regular firearms classes he enjoyed them he thought they were cool he thought you know he was gaining proficiency of firearms through them and that was enough value for him to realize that uh he wanted to go to bat for me so yeah, I attach his info to the emails. Uh, I tell her I will not be speaking to you anymore outside of class. Uh, you can talk to me during class time. You can talk to me about class pertaining things. And this is all mm-hmm. under his legal advice. Um, he told me, like, obviously you need to take this class. Like, there's you can't really, like, get around the fact that this is a requirement. But legally... If you are seeking legal counsel between you and a disagreement between her on these policies, she cannot talk to you about these policies without associate uh, going to me. So that's incredible. <laughs> so she tries to bypass his email, says, I do not have to talk to your legal counsel. And I forward that to him. And he goes, Excuse me, but Colin has seeked legal counsel on this matter. <laughs> and I will be. Uh, I will be reaching out to the school to follow up with uh, the le- legal repercussions of of this action. Um, as per my previous email. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was literally the best as per my previous email that I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, it all out there on the desk, hell yeah! <laughs> yeah. So he does the as per my last email. <laughs> And Thursday rolls around. Like this all transpires over Tuesday night and Wednesday. Thursday rolls around, the day that she's going to kick me out of this class. And sure enough, it's it's fall semester, right? So it's like early fall semester. This is only like three or four weeks into the school year. So it's only like late September. The weather outside is still pretty nice. They have some canopy things to have. Uh, as an option for teachers to have their classes outside so you know you can get some fresh air and blah 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 everyone's waiting in the hallway in the in the in the school with their diapers on their face i'm not uh 
she shows up 15 minutes late and she's like, oh, you guys must not have seen my email. Class is outside. Guess what you don't have to do outside? <laughs> Wear the thing. Yeah. You the don't token. have to. Yeah, you don't have to wear a face diaper outside. And thank God, it was windy as shit that day. So she's trying to give a presentation. She can't raise her voice. Papers are flying over, like, left and right. Everyone's losing their shit outside. Like, like all their papers are blowing away. And nobody can hear her. And I just see a bunch of kids going, like, looking at each other, and they're like, why the hell are we out here? <laughs> and I'm just sitting in the way back, like, just milking every single moment of this laughing, because I'm like, I know why we're out here. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to capitulate. So, oh, something else is happening entirely unrelated to what's going on with you. <laughs> yeah, so we have class outside on Thursday. Uh, on, on Friday or Monday, we get, I, I, I have this stuff blurred and I can send it to you guys. It's, qu it's quite funny. I, I'm trying to keep the names out of it because I'm not trying to be spiteful, but I'm just trying to tell you, tell people an experience that I lived through. Um, that is that it, that has doom and gloom written all over it, but has a golden, lining to it like it like someone came to bat for me um but uh the emails were quite comical it was some of the best reading that i've ever done uh so we get an email back the next like couple days of this transpiring and uh funny enough when you go through business school they teach you how to lead, like read legal documents like you do. I had a whole class of like business legal and they taught me how to read uh, like court case stuff, like, you know, why the, the trial went on and blah, blah, blah. We get an email back and uh, it's from a lawyer in Minneapolis um, and he goes, I'm going to be representing so-and-so. And so-and-so was her name. And I was like, Bing, wait a minute. Hold on. I know. Hold on. If this was against the school, it would say Colin Underdahl v. School. And I, <laughs> I read the email. I text my lawyer and I go, wait a minute. They taught me this. If I'm not mistaken, if he was representing the school, he would be saying on behalf of the school, right? And he goes, yes. And he and I was like, "What does this mean? <laughs> they didn't teach me this far." Right. Okay, okay, I'm doing good so far, but I got nothing else. So she she's suing you on her own. She no, uh, the case is in. I'm the plaintiff essentially. Yeah. She's she will be the defendant in that in that thing. Um, but yeah, so she didn't have the backing of the school. The the school. <laughs> Even though it was the school policy I was fighting, when it came time for them to stand up for her, the institution <laughs> left her hanging dry, <laughs> which was amazing because then I go – like I said, I was like, I know what that means, but like what does this mean? Like what's the next move? Like I will gladly sue this bitch. Like <laughs> like even if it costs me money at this point, I, I would be gladly to sue her and see – like let's try and recoup my GI Bill. Like 
twofold, <laughs> right? Like this is the petty me coming out. Like this is yeah. the spiteful <laughs> me coming out because I'm just getting tired of it. And I would love to put this lady out of a job because I thoroughly think she's twisting the minds of young individuals who have better things ahead of them. Yeah. Petty tyrants do not need to be role models. Yeah. So, and he's like, nope, like, uh, like uh, he, he did everything I want. Like he did everything great. Right. I have no resentment. I don't, I don't care that I didn't go win a landslide lawsuit. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's a pity because if the school did get named as the, uh, as the defendant, there's a lot more money there. Oh yeah. Yeah. Suing the school, school kind of money that, that that's bank. Oh, that's why they kicked all that stuff under the rug so quickly. They're like, all right, so let's talk about forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. Okay. Yeah, and and funny enough, all the policies that were affecting me in that got rolled over that next Monday. Like, <laughs> like I was like, hey, what are we gonna do? Uh, and he's like, we're just gonna wait. Like he he's like she's not gonna pursue you because she knows she's wrong and now she's hung it like she's exposed like she's she's awesome hung out way. to dry she's yeah. <laughs> the school literally hung her out to dry which is wild because she probably had full faith that the school was going to back her because of her position. I have tenure. I can say whatever I want. Yeah. George Washington was a black lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> So, have you ever seen that? It's a yeah. 20, 20th Street, yeah. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I don't think I have, but... <laughs> um, one, one of the few jokes from uh, Pan Oswald or whatever I can stomach, but... Yeah. Dude, dude that's... That, that's the way you, you don't let the institutions just crush you. And that's... Yeah. I mean, <laughs> community, right? Like, you would never have come across that guy unless you were plugged into that, so... Yeah. I, I love yeah. that. I, I've met more people in weirder situations doing gun stuff than most than most other other things. It is a wonderful way to meet people. No, it's because a, a whole lot of weirdos from all over the place are into this stuff, and it's yes. it's great. Yeah, and it's it was one of the it was one of the few things that out of all the doom and gloom and all the all the weird shit that was going on during those times like like you uh, like i mentioned before thankfully i met carrie right before this so like i had a sound woman you know when i'm frantically <laughs> laughing i i'm frantically laughing behind my computer i'm like it's all fucked it's all fucked it's all like yeah. i'm just i'm just like i'm just like losing my mind i just read an article that like completely swept everything i knew uh, uh, like out from under me any solid foundation i'm like it's all fucked and she's like she's like yeah it is but like i still love you i'm like oh well shit <laughs> <laughs> never mind all right maybe we can salvage something uh well okay yeah i love you too okay well what are we gonna do about it oh well uh good question i, I don't know i didn't get that far i just knew that was <laughs> fucked <laughs> I, I was halfway to making a molotov cocktail but no you're right yeah. <laughs> solutions <laughs> But yeah, I hope I hope that long-winded story kind of put some wind in people's sails. I know we're not going through that stuff anymore, but yeah, thank fuck. It is, it is, yeah. And uh, who knows? We could go through it again. But like, 
I think one of the morals of the of the whole conversations that we had is you if you don't if you don't actively continue to stand up for stuff that you say you believe in, when it is time to be tested in it, you will probably falter. Absolutely. It, there is nothing more important than actually not just having morals, but acting out those morals and, and finding other people who also stand by them and, and believe in, in building and being doers instead of just sayers. Which is a funny thing to say on a podcast, but yeah. <laughs> there is a certain. Go out there and do stuff, people. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, thank you so much for doing this, man. Yeah, this is this is fun. This is fun. I I, I feel like I uh, said a lot more coherent things than schizorant this time, so it was good. <laughs> oh, uh, it's great. Maybe maybe the cover of this uh, this whole podcast won't be uh, me and Nathan sitting at a table eating bugs. Uh, <laughs> That's what you think. It's you guys eating bugs V two. Hell yeah! No no no. We've we've uh, we've went we've digressed back to just Kellogg's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so much worse. It's not even protein. Get get your bug protein. It's so much better than Kellogg's. Yeah. Right, well, this was fun. Yeah, I, yeah. I was happy happy to share that. Hopefully, people found value, and this was a good conversation with some like minded individuals. Absolutely, I agree. pleasure rambling with you. But uh, before we go, we do have to ambush you, Colin. Oh no. We needed. We need some dad advice. Well, per my last email. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh God! I'm gonna fucking get it. <laughs> Uh, I mean, if you didn't get dad advice out of that, that whole rambling, um, I, I, I thoroughly believe that you can go from being completely lost in the sauce to having some of the same triumphs that I have felt myself because this isn't, this isn't who I've always been. And this isn't, uh, necessarily by accident, but this isn't necessarily by always knowing where i'm going um so even at, like uh I, I i know i've stressed about like mental health and stuff letting it out you know find the people you can let stuff out with uh find the people you can have these weird rants with and not be judged for uh because ultimately uh you, you gotta you gotta take care of yourself in in different ways and going down weird anti-social anti-people rabbit holes will only make you feel less of a person and when you feel like life is not precious and you feel like your own life is not precious well nothing is precious in your life so oh very well said we're, we're social creatures you gotta live in hope and you gotta you gotta be pushing towards better things instead of wallowing i agree oh yeah well once again, thank you so much, Colin. We'll uh, we'll have all your all your links and such in the description. Anything you need to show before we head out? Uh no, <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> Hell yeah! All right, awesome. All right, well, check out Colin if you haven't already. Otherwise, thank you, people, for listening. And uh... okay, bye. <laughs>